I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We are two landscape designers that have been in the industry well, very well, over 25 years. We're like, we're like mummies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they put us in formaldehyde and take us out. You know, by Friday, that's how I feel. <laughs> oh, uh, tell, tell me about it. I understand. Well, aside from our griping, through our podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges. Our foibles, um, that's our mistakes, you know, and our stories. That's the one thing I love about this podcast. We have stories. Anything that we can do to help you and your family create these ultimate wonderful environments. And through our stories, that, that'll keep you amused. It, it should. I hope so. Because at this point, we can laugh about them when we are in the midst of it. <laughs> Not sure exactly. exactly. Well, um, today, I want to ask all you out there to raise your hand if you have any crappy concrete. Okay. Yes. Oh, I see a lot of hands. <laughs> um, we're going to talk today about... Um, existing concrete, what you could do if it's, um, you know, in okay shape or not great shape. And then we'll right. talk about the alternatives of what you could do as far as overlaying, replacing, and so on and so forth. So um, I think this is a great, and considering the fact that with everything going sky high and, and inflation and prices going up, um, a lot of people are investing in concrete and they need to know a little about it because right now it's one of the least expensive material, hardscape materials that you can do in your yard to give you a patio, a walkway. Um, it is cost effective um, when you when you consider the cost of the other materials. Exactly. And um, let's be clear, we're talking about plain concrete. Um, Michael said concrete um, is the least expensive. Once you add color and once you add stamping, that's going to up the price. That's going to put you in a slightly higher bracket. And um, so it just it just depends. I was actually shocked um, because I always thought, oh, we'll throw a pigment in. Not that much. Well, the pigment is expensive. It added another twelve hundred dollars to this um, not large concrete patio. So just just so you know. Right. And and there just while we're talking about concrete and when you were mentioning pigment, there's kind of two ways of doing that. There's a color hardener, which is almost like it goes once the concrete is poured and it's still wet. They actually add the color to the top of it. And it's a, and the color is um, it's on the top and it's also a hardening agent versus an integral colored concrete, which they actually take the color and they throw it in when they're mixing the concrete up. And that goes all the way through. And that's an integral colored concrete versus a color hardener. Both of them are expensive. Both of them add costs. Um, and both of them have advantages one way or another. Right, right. And um, so that's, so let's say you have some, some concrete and it doesn't look very good. And someone said, hey, you could stain it. So let's talk about stain because you can stain it. However, the two the two versions that Michael just um, spoke about, adding pigment, whether it's on top or integral in the mix, is very different from doing a stain on top. Absolutely. You can see people that have stained their concrete after several years and walking back and forth or driving, it fades or it just wipes, you know, it just gets lighter and lighter. So it does not stay like the pigment, the powdered pigment that's added. 
um, to the mix. Right. And to explain to people, again, when you stay in a concrete, um, for example, it's it's an acid-based product. It's almost clear. So, for example, if you were doing a terracotta, you wanted to have kind of a clay terracotta look. When you buy it in a container, um, and it's usually done in, in um, you know, uh, well-ventilated spaces because it does smell, it's an acid-based product. So what it does is it actually chemically um, acid etch etches the concrete so that when you put it on, it's green. And you're going, wait, 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 I want it to look terracotta. Why is it green? But it goes on, and then a chemical reaction occurs, and it actually begins to... Uh, change the color of the concrete on the top to eventually it gets the terracotta. But as Roberta said, you're absolutely right. Um, it's not a long lasting. I mean, as you walk on it, it, it will eventually wear off. It, it'll wear off. Now, um, I'm sure most people have seen um, older houses from the 40s and the 50s. And if you look at their porch, they're red or green. Um, right. Those those porches have been painted with a concrete paint, which is absolutely viable um, as far as covering, you know, a, a concrete porch that's, you know, that's not looking good. It's not um, it, it's very uh, opaque. So it's not something that you're going to see any variation. Once it goes on, it is that color. However, yep. yeah. however, yeah. Um, however. Um, and that might be too plain for you, but um, I don't know if you've seen these, Michael, but on Pinterest and if you Google, there are some amazing um, concrete stamps. So let's say you paint your your um, porch or whatever, your patio, a concrete color because it's ugly. And then you get um, one of these, uh, st not stamps, uh, stencils. I'm sorry, stencil. Yes. There are st all kinds of stencils, which you can make your porch look like lace you could look at like you make it look like a, a moroccan rug you can make it look geometric i mean obviously this is work right because you're stenciling it and you're painting it but for people out there that are uh do-it-yourselfers diyers and you've got the time and you don't have the cash to break out your patio and redo it this is an excellent idea so they're concrete stencils. Check them out and go on Pinterest as well and look at some of the things people have done. They're just amazing. I think so. it's a great idea. And keep in mind, so if, um, just so that as you're thinking about it and you're trying to identify what you're looking at, when you do an acid stain, a concrete stain, it's gonna the concrete takes the stain different ways. Some will be some parts of it will be dark, some will be light, some will take it a little bit differently. But as Roberta was saying, the concrete paint is basically a matte finish and it covers. So if you have ugly marred concrete, the minute you put the concrete paint on top of it, um, it looks brand new. And I think that is a wonderful idea to do a stencil, and and you'd probably do a different color in that stencil so it almost looks like a mosaic but oh. but she's absolutely right I mean the cost savings would be like night and day it would be like night and day and let's say you have a patio that has a crack or a couple cracks imagine just for a moment that you uh, paint your patio a light blue and then you uh, get some stencils of koi fish and where the cracks are you painted a dark blue, so like you have a river I mean this is this is fun stuff not I mean obviously you're not going to do a 40 foot patio like this but if you have a small patio or a terrace be creative you could you could take some ugly concrete and make it into something that no one would ever know it was right ugly. so and and a lot of you are going well why don't i just take it out you know sure 
if you want to do the backbreaking labor to take it out, I mean, and then you have to haul it to the dump. But if you're going to hire someone, minimum of $2 a square foot just to get rid of it. Just to get rid of it. Right. Just to jackhammer it out. And when you when you're talking about, you know, 500 square feet, this isn't to put it back. This is just to get rid of it. So you're talking a couple thousand dollars just to take away the concrete. So the the solution that Roberta was saying is if you're on a on a, a tight budget, this might be the the answer. One of the, the solutions that you might consider. Right. Now, if you have a patio in concrete that, that is not cracked or doesn't have um, areas that have lifted the concrete, you can consider what's called a concrete overlay. Um, now, concrete overlay is when they do, it's about a quarter inch overlay of concrete with a polymer and they could stamp it. But you should know that it is as expensive or more as new concrete. And the it, problem with it that I've seen is depending on how it's done, if it's not done extremely well, it has a tendency to chip and pop off. So, but with the idea of the overlay concept, if your finished floor elevation is um, low enough, meaning you open up your your back door, um, side door, front door, whatever it is, and there's, there's about an inch below a, a gap between the door frame and where the concrete is, you would have enough room to overlay it with tile, slate, porcelain tile. And what I usually recommend to my clients is you put what's called a ditramat, which is kind of this waffle. It almost like looks like packing um, material, but it, and um, you actually glue it to the existing concrete and then you overlay the ditramat and the concrete after you put it there with your porcelain tile, they mortar it and everything. The reason for the ditramat is, is if your concrete does crack, even hairline cracks, the ditramat acts as a shock absorber and it absorbs so that you don't get your tile or your slate or your porcelain tile cracking. The, the um, movement is absorbed by the ditramat and then you put your tile or your slate or your brick or something or the paver that you're putting on top of it. Yeah. Now, um, and that's an excellent idea. But um, now if you want to overlay it with a flagstone, you're going to need more than an inch of um, what's yes. called the weep you're going to need um so i always look at that if, if there's a you know a porch and it's ugly but it's it's from an older house and the porch pouring is part of the foundation which happens now and then um breaking it out is a nightmare so um if you want to overlay it you've got to check the distance between you know the the, the flap on the bottom of your door which is called the weep um and the space underneath to see if right and the so, one thing that you need to know is, and as Roberta was saying, like flagstone, what you would probably wind up using would be a gauged, G-A-G-U-E-D, gauged tile, slate, porcelain. The porcelain tiles are all gauged. And what that means is they're all the same thickness and they're a thin thickness. They're designed to go on top of concrete. So no matter what it is, they're on a concrete base. If you're going with a natural stone that is non-gauge, that means that the thickness varies. So a piece of flagstone can be three, um, three eighths inch thick, 
three quarter inch thick, one inch thick, half an inch thick. You've got all these different varying thicknesses. And so when you're doing something that is non-gauged, most of the time, especially because they're a lot thicker, you're going to have to float it, which means they're not, you, you've got to have a lot more room because you're going to have to put a lot more mortar so that you can keep it all level. That's yeah, that's true. Um, and also we're talking about flagstone and tile, but there are they do sell what's called a half brick. So if you want a brick look for your patio and you don't have that much room, you can buy half bricks. And that's they're used all the time to face walls or um, or patios like that as well. So those are available. But if you choose a tile and if you choose something gauged, obviously it's going to be an outdoor, but you must use an outdoor tile because. Um, right. You could break your neck um, if it's slick, you know, raining and slick on a, 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 you know, a normal tile, which you might find something beautiful and you want to put it out there. But you've got to have something that um, will keep people from slipping. Exactly. So uh, and, and when you're looking, you can go to different places that sell it and you want to ask for an exterior tile because it's not only. Um, what Roberta was saying is absolutely true. It's not only that the interior tile that you pick outside because inside you're not washing down your your dining room or your uh, living room with a hose and, or it's not getting rained on hopefully you don't have a hole in your ceiling and your living room and dining room isn't getting all wet but outside it's going to be exposed to the elements so you're not only going to want an exterior tile that has a rougher texture but you're also going to want an exterior tile that can take the different change in temperatures because in some places those of you that are back east, you know, it snows. It goes from 30, it might be 60 degrees during the day and down to 17 degrees at night. And so you've got the freeze-thaw whole situation where you've got to have um, tile that can handle the different temperature variations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all these are important things to think about before you go out and, and buy. So, um so let's say you have concrete and you can afford to, to get rid of it and um, do something new. Like Michael said, um, concrete, you, you've got to get rid of it. And if you have a lot of it, you're going to have to get a, a, well, they're called waste bins. Isn't that right? The big metal yeah. thing? Yes, yes, yes. I think they're, how much like? They start at two hundred and go up, and there's oh, a go up. yeah three three seventy five four hundred dollars. They're not cheap. Yeah, and and there's a minimum. There's a line inside of how much you can throw in there. So um, that's just for the demolition. If you're wondering why concrete these guys are bidding so much, remember they're also including the price of getting rid of the, you know demolishing it and getting rid of the concrete, and then after that. Um, then it's the forming of the new concrete that's going to go in. And um, as we were talking about, you can have plain concrete and um, you can have colored concrete. You have stamped. But let's, Mike, let's talk about different finishes of concrete, you know, smooth versus sandblast versus alt. Before you do that, before we do that, there's one little caveat that I want to throw into because I, I hadn't seen it for a long time, but it's, it's an idea. For those of you that are going, that's a lot of money to put in a dumpster and then take it to the dump and the this and that. Isn't there another alternative? And the answer is yes. Let me just tell you that broken concrete actually is kind of interesting material because it's usually, you know, it's old and it's got a smooth top. This is where this is, this, um, and I had never seen 
it sold. But down in L.A. when I was working on a TV show, um, they actually had pallets of broken concrete that people bought for retaining walls um, or doing raised planters. And what they do is they take the pieces of broken concrete, you start stacking it. So you'd put the bottom that's all rough on the bottom and then you'd start stacking it. Now it's and where it's broken, it's all jagged. Now it's not very pretty, but that's where you buy an inexpensive acid stain, like a stain that's terracotta or Stanford brown that's a dark brown, or you know one, and you actually sloppily wearing gloves and everything. You've now stacked this broken concrete um, uh, and made a wall out of it or a planter out of it. You put the acid stain all over the concrete, and what happens is it takes the color all differently because some of it it's exposed some of it is is the rock some of it is jagged and everything and what's amazing and i did this before and it was it was unbelievable it turns the broken concrete almost looking like flagstone so instead of you throwing it away or carting it away you're actually using this stuff for a retaining wall i'm not talking about a six foot high retaining wall I'm talking about 12 to 18 inches you can make a raised planter out of it um, put the acid stain you can even take the broken concrete stain it and then use it for stepping random stepping stones so it's amazing if you want to reuse that concrete and not the expense of carting it away or getting rid of it you think of it in terms of extra building material so i just i just had to throw that in you yes you could do that we actually um did a driveway we broke up the concrete and did a driveway up in um a town in Northern California called Auburn, where the soil is reddish like clay. And after the driveway went down, it did look like flagstone. However, you should know something about broken concrete. Um, it is not gauged. <laughs> they, are not, no. they are not all the same thickness. So it could become a bit of a nightmare if you're trying to replace a, a big patio with it or um, a driveway because, you know, you need it to get even and, and they are not even. But like Michael said, stacking them, staining them, making benches out of them. It's a great idea. It's heavy. And the only thing that you do have to be careful, I'm going to throw this out, is a lot of times the older, old, much older concrete does not have steel or rebar in it. Um, so it makes it easier. But on, on the newer concrete that when they pour it, they put steel. It's called rebar in there. And so when you're breaking it up, not only are you going to run into the steel that it, you've got to wear gloves, you've got to be able to grind it out. Otherwise, you're going to impale yourself. So taking out an old concrete patio that has rebar adds another element of difficulty and a little bit more things to think about. It's not just, you know, take it out and, and uh, cart it away or stack it up. Right. There's recycling, then there's recycling. <laughs> right. So, okay. So, um, so let's say you, you are having a new concrete patio poured and um, you're, you're wondering, you know, about the finishes. And so, I, I would say, I don't know if you agree with this, Michael, but I'd say like the 80s is where they started doing a lot of salt finish. Do you think that's yes, right? I, I think yeah. so. I think it was 80s or 90s. Um, yeah, because of the, the old, probably the old concrete, the normal concrete that a lot of people see, sidewalks and everything is the broom finish. Is broom yeah. finish, yeah. So a salt finish is actually, they, when the concrete's wet, they put on these large chunks of salt crystals. And um, what they do is they, they melt into the concrete, leaving pits. And um, this was really popular at one time. 
it's not my favorite because over time dirt gets in the pits, you know, I don't know. I mean, some people really like it, but um, there is that factor as well. Um, but salt finish is one um, finish. Another one that was used, gosh, really, I probably from the 60s on is exposed aggregate. Do you think that's yeah. right? Timing? Oh, yeah. yeah, that was that 50s even. 50s even. Okay. Yeah. And that's if you've walked on concrete that has like tiny little pebbles, that's exposed aggregate. And people, when they got fancy, they use fancy pebbles called uh, Plum Creek. You know, they have some purple in it. Of course, you know, years later, 20 years later, it just all looks dirty. But um, exposed aggregate is uh, was another really um, common and kind of upscale finish. However, it's not friendly on the bare feet. So. No. And you saw that, in, and just so that people understand some periods, mid-century modern, um, that, that's a period of architectural design. That's where 50s, um, 60s, they used a lot of the, the aggregate. And the interesting thing is there's actually two kind of aggregates. There's what, what um, Roberta was talking about, the pretty, pretty rock, and that's called seeded aggregate, where what they do is when the concrete is still wet, they actually take the pretty rock like the Plum Creek and they throw it in there. They tamp it down there so it's a lot more exposed. The cheaper uh, version of aggregate, which you see is, is a, um, a broomed aggregate. And what they do is, just so that people know, and this is just a, a technical thing, um, a lot of people think aggregate, um, concrete and cement is the same thing. It isn't. Concrete is not cement. Cement is not concrete. Cement is one of the components of concrete. So when you make concrete, it is sand, a little bit of clay, cement. Cement is it's uh, Portland cement. That's the bonding agent and water. They mix it all together. And that's what makes concrete. So if someone's saying I'm pouring my cement, which in the old days, they, they used to say that all the time. They're, they're actually not using the right term because cement, as I said, is a bonding agent. But they also, in that mixture, so you have sand, you have Portland cement, you have water, and they also put a little bit of aggregate, meaning um, gravel uh, or rock or anything, to hold it together. In the brushed aggregate, what they'll do is they'll pour the concrete when it's wet. As it's drying, they'll take a broom and they'll keep, they'll wash it and they'll keep brooming it. And some of the aggregate, some of that little pebble is exposed. And so instead of it being all gray and all one color, you'll actually see the little ugly rocks in there. And that's the that is the broomed aggregate versus the pretty rocks, which is the seeded aggregate. Right. Okay. They don't use lye in the mix, do they? Um, they a, a little bit. There's a little bit of it, in, and you'll find a little bit of the lye actually in the Portland cement. Mm -hmm. And that's um, that's something where you got to watch these guys when they're pouring to make sure that they don't slop it over the borders, because if they do, the lye goes into the soil. And I find that later when the plants come in, those plants aren't doing so well because that lye is in the soil. So Right. And so when you're ordering, just so that, again, I'm, I'm just throwing, I know a lot of people, if they're listening, they're going, oh, Jesus. When you're ordering concrete, for example, some of the things that, like, for example, if you're pouring a driveway, which is going to have cars and trucks and everything going across, you may order it with, with more cement. So you might say a four or five bag mixture. What that means is 
four or five bags of cement will be put in there as opposed to a two or three bag for a walkway because you don't have you don't need it as strong you don't need the glue in there as much because you're not having trucks or cars driving on top of it so again it's it's all it's this is a technical way but it's all part of the process when you're ordering concrete and most of the time when you hire a professional they know what they're doing so they don't even say to you this is a five sack a six sack a three right, sack right. Four. Yeah, they don't even say that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, um, so the exposed aggregate and the seeded aggregate is one. Um, we salt finish is another. Broom finish. Um, now, broom finish to me is, has come back in vogue because normally, well, when you pour, a, let's say, a patio and it's broom finish, remember it has to have expansion joints. And those, you know, if it's going to crack, it's going to crack in the joints. But also, they do what's called banding. And they either do a six or eight inch band, which is just an outline eight inches in from the edge. Let's say if a pool it looks like coping and then there's the expansion joint. So if you're doing a broom finish, you could fancy it up with banding. And then on the band parts, the eight inches, that could be smooth. So, right. yeah, you wouldn't be paying what you pay for stamped concrete. And what I tell my clients when they're starting to fuss over, oh, my God, you're going to have furniture on top of the concrete. You're going to have right. tables and chairs. So, you know, think about maybe even a rug on top of it. Yeah, there's outdoor rugs. So, you know, um, having a broom finish with nice banding, you can even have it banded into diamond shapes. That's very, very classy, you know, and then do a smooth finish. And the smooth finish is just what it sounds like. It's smooth and it doesn't have any fine lines like a broom finish has. And when they could, the reason they call it broom finish, another little technical thing is when they pour the concrete, they actually take a broom, you know, and they run it through very finely. So exactly what Roberta just said, it has these little teeny lines. It, and that's it's the lines that came from running a broom across it, whereas the smooth, they take a trowel and they actually trowel it off. So it's almost like smooth as glass. Hey, remember when they used to trowel it like a fan and they do it all over? Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, I've seen not only did they do that, but again, I mean, as you start thinking about it, when I was in Hawaii, one of the things that was really, really cool was they actually took palm leaves and mm -hmm. they pressed them into the concrete. So before the concrete was dry, they took a big palm frond. It's a, a leaf of a palm tree and they shoved it into the concrete and they tamped it down. And then when the concrete set, then they would pull the leaf out. And when and once the concrete's dry and then you actually have an imprint in the concrete of the palm leaf and it gives a really interesting look. Yes, you could do that with leaves. Um, people do that with their hands and their dog's paws. <laughs> you know, I, and the date that you were there, which, you know, think I'm sure the people that buy your house later would thank you not. But um, right. anyway, right. Um, so and then the last I'd say the last one would be um, stamping. And, um, you know, we talked about pigment. And if you stamped concrete, you can at this point stamp concrete to look like wood, to look like stone, to look like tile, to look like flagstone, to look like brick. And these are stamps that as the concrete is poured and they've kind of done a finish, they lay these, um, it's not plastic. What is it? Like a rubbery? It's like a rubber, it's like a rubber mat. It, it's, yeah. They're really interesting. It's like 
they're a stamp, but it's like a rubber mat that they lay over there and then they tamp it down and it makes it literally impresses into the concrete. And when you lift it up, it leaves the, the, the stamping, the finish on it. And then what they usually do is to make it even stand out more. That's where they'll once it's dry, they'll put a color and the, um, a hardener color or a color on top so that the color actually goes into the grooves and the stamping to really highlight it. Mm -hmm. To make it, yeah, look a little natural. So, and, but you're looking at a, a, a much higher price. Honestly, I can't even quote people what concrete costs anymore. It used to be somewhere around $6 a yard for your basic concrete. I think that's now 12 Um yeah, and it's gone up to 14 There is one other treatment of concrete, very expensive. Oh, the sandblast? Sandblast, yeah, yeah, where they pour the concrete and it's a broom finish or, or uh, smooth. And then after it's set, you come in and you have someone sandblast it. And what's interesting about that is it will give the texture of your concrete almost like limestone. One of the wineries up in Napa did that. And it's pretty amazing because it really, truly looks like limestone. But again, it's got to be someone that really knows what they're doing. They need to do it lightly. If you do it too heavy, it's just it's going to destroy your concrete. But if it's a very light sandblast, um, it gives the texture of a over almost like a limestone. It's lovely. And it's soft on the feet, too. We, we did yep. that um not not too long ago um and yeah so that's that's top of the line so 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 here's what we did in our our podcast time we went from the most creative and less expensive to the very highest and most expensive forms of um either overlaying or redoing concrete and hopefully i know i'm educated um with the different ingredients in concrete because that's something that um I didn't know about and uh, probably will forget if I don't write it down. <laughs> the one thing that I will tell people is um, your ideas, you know, the painting, staining, those kind of things, those are things that homeowners DIY can do it. And I'm not saying, let me just tell you, I'm not saying that you shouldn't or you can't do your own your own new concrete, but I will tell you, um, when I started my career, we did design build and we built a lot of projects. The only thing we never did ourselves was do our own concrete because it's one of those things, it's, it's almost kind of an art form. If you don't know what you're doing, if it dries too fast, you've got a mess on your hand. If it's too wet, it's a slurried, soupy mess. If yeah. part of it dries and part of it doesn't, there are so many things when you're pouring concrete that can go wrong. And I'm not trying to scare you, but you really finishing concrete, staining concrete, painting concrete, tiling concrete. Those are things that you can you really can't get too much problem with because you can fix it. But pouring brand new concrete is something if you don't know what you're doing and you've never worked with it before oh my god let me tell you you can create such a mess on your hands <laughs> you just sit down and you want to cry yeah yeah don't even think about it not to mention it takes um back strength you don't you don't even want to go there yeah so well we hope that this has been helpful and informative and um you could start Googling concrete stencils and cool things that you could do. Start with a small uh, piece of your walkway where no one's looking to make sure you're happy with what you're doing. <laughs> you don't do the whole thing. I love that idea. I think it's a fabulous idea. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Roberta Walker. I'm Michael Glassman. And we are Digging, digging Deep. deep.
<laughs> Thanks for joining. <laughs>